Welcome to Soulcraft Stories. These are conversations with people that are, in spite of the challenges, hurdles, and the mundane, are writing meaningful and fulfilling life stories. Like you and me, they have families, jobs, responsibilities, basically real-life stuff we all deal with. But they aren't waiting for someday, because that day might be too late to get your story started. They have, in their own ways, fought back against the resistance of excuses, society, laziness, and a bunch of other crap that, in the end, when the final chapter is written, is meaningless anyways. They've pursued travel, overcome addictions, learned new skills, and set big goals for themselves. Their stories aren't unique, but they're unique to them. So join me as we learn from each one of them and take their insight, advice, and turn it into permission for ourselves to stop procrastinating and start writing our own great life story. Have you ever had dreams of traveling the world? Maybe touching down in exotic locales or far-flung towns and cities? Could be your thoughts are, yes, but nah. How can I do that? How can I do it on my income? With a family? We're so busy. Well, our guest today is going to prove to you that it is possible. Ricardo Ramos, I would say, is your typical neighbor you would want living down the street from you. He's a fireman who dutifully serves his community. He's a father, husband, and friend. I would say typical, except for the fact that he and his wife have been intentional about living a great story by being purposeful about what brings them happiness, and that includes traveling to those far-flung locales multiple times a year, and all with a toddler in tow. So, if you want to learn how to be able to do that, take a listen to Ricardo as he shares his guy-next-door inspirational story. Welcome, Ricardo. It's really awesome to have you on. And first of all, I'm going to start with saying thank you on behalf of not only the community down here in Florida, but to you and the rest of your brethren out there as firefighters. Thank you for your service to all the communities around the country. Absolutely, brother. That's somebody's got to do it. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Helping and paying some, somehow paying back the community that welcome me, welcome me in this country. Yeah, and and your country of birth is where again? Venezuela. Venezuela. So yes, sir. You are our first international guest. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Won't be the last one. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but no. Thanks again for folks that don't know. I came across Ricardo on Instagram, and we'll get into this. But not only is he a fireman, as I said in the intro, a father, a husband, and a incredible photographer he just has a gift uh that you'll see when you go check out his his page and um now he's actually launching kind of a side business with it we're, we're going to touch on all that stuff with ricardo today i think it's going to be a fun conversation he's going to be really inspirational for us just because the way he's chosen to live his life and some of the things that he and his family have gotten to do is we were just talking before we came on air just he, he is truly the regular guy down the street and he's out there protecting our communities, but he's got a cool story behind it and how he's intentionally lived his life and what it's provided he and his family exposure to in terms of traveling the world. But let me start out with the first question, Ricardo, and, and yeah. I ask a lot of folks is, what is the one thing 
you can't get rid of? That I cannot get rid of. I say for where I'm at right now, it will have to be my drone. <laughs> there is no way I could get rid of that, bro. Is to be honest, once I started taking photos, the, the camera gave me the point of view that we see from our point, you know, mm -hmm. from our level. I will miss my underwear to a trip. I would not <laughs> leave my drone behind. <laughs> I can buy underwear in the in the destination, but my drone, that's something right. that ever since I purchased, it, it really has been an eye-opener to the new level, uh, the new perspective to what you can actually tell the story of a place from a different point of view, basically. So I'm taking that with me everywhere because you never know. You never know if I'm going to, if I go down to the beach and it happened to be one of those magical sunsets, I'm going to start up and fly away that little bird and just get a new, a new perspective, you know? So. That's, that's awesome. I think as you were talking about that, it's a thing, it's a product, but it's a means to an end for you. It's about right. telling the story, right. It, right? It's not so much it's the material aspect of it, but being able to tell a story because that's what you do as a, as a, I'll say more than just a hobby now. Uh, you, you are a professional at it. You're selling your photos and we'll get into that. So. Right, 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 right. But, so taking this this drone around and being a great photographer as we talked earlier was sort of sort of an offshoot of really your intention and your wife's intention to do a lot of traveling right i want to hear about how you've gotten into the traveling and being able to do so much of it but it had to be a choice because you're not somebody who has a private jet card and right. can work five days a week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it? But <laughs> we don't interview you, those folks. That that's the right, end. right, right. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Start with maybe about how many countries you visited around the world and how it came about and how you guys go about doing it. Doing so, it, it mainly started with my wife because before we met, she had already been to many places, mainly in Europe. Uh, once you go to Europe, obviously you can visit five, six, seven countries in one trip. Is that's what you want to do? You know the the typical Euro trip that most people like to do. Uh, but then again, you don't actually visit a country; you visit a city of the country. It's like people saying, "Oh, I've been to Miami. I know how the U.S. is," but you really don't. You only went to Miami. So uh, when we met, she had been to Europe. Uh, I think three times and each trip had been a Euro trip. So she had been to a lot of different cities, but she didn't really get to know the full country of each place that she, that she had been. Obviously she took me there for the first time. She's been there several times. She wanted me to see what the different culture was, what the history, how much more history they got over there. So we went there, we did a typical Euro trip for the first time that I went there. And then I realized, you know, it's, we got, to go to places, sounds like, okay, this is what Rome looks like. Or this is, I actually haven't been to Rome, even though I've been to Italy five times. But I was like, this is what Milan looks like. But this is not what Italians live like. Mm -hmm. This is a tourist place of Italy. So I like to see, I like to visit and I like to taste the mom and pop restaurant. I really want to try 
what their pasta is like, not just the regular, you know, where all the tourists are eating. It was okay, well, next time we go, we are going to do a road trip. We're not going to do one city. Once we did that first trip like that, we never went back to jumping up and down from one train to another train or from one airport to another airport. We started doing a specific place. So let's go. We went back to Italy and we just did a Tuscany road trip. And we hit two main cities and then everything else was just little towns after little towns. And I'm talking all little towns like San Dimigano, this is a place from 5 AD. And, wow. and I'm talking history like right there, you know? So after that, we started seeing, okay, let's just start actually getting to know what the country is like after we go to a place. So instead of going to three different countries, every time we went back to Europe, we just did one country and we actually went around it, you know, like we went to Iceland, let's go to Iceland for 10 days. And we just did the the, the ring road. I think if we were able to learn more about that specific country culture because we were able to see the differences. Just like if you come here to the U.S., you'll see how the West Coast is so different than the East Coast. Well, it's the same in every place you go to, you know, the different zones, whether you're in the South or the North, and, or if you have an island in that place, it's going to be a lot different than the mainland. So we started going like that and just actually getting to know and, and getting involved with the culture and getting involved with the mom and pop places, getting to the little villages more than the big hotels and things like that. So uh, it's, it's been a addictive learning experience because I feel like once you start traveling and you start learning and you start seeing like how these people are living somewhere else in, the, in another world, how they have been living like that for generations. It's like, oh my God, I wonder what it's like in this other place. Well, I don't know. Let's look <laughs> it up. Let's look it up. Let's see if we can find a good deal. And da, 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 da. So uh, I started traveling at the pace that we're doing now after I've met her. Uh, so far, I've been to 36 countries and she has been to like 45. So uh, I don't I don't plan right now of going to all countries in the world. There's some places that I don't have the interest of going right now. But as I get as I check more places, obviously, new places are going to have to open up for us. It's been a good trip so far. I, I can tell you that. It sounds amazing. And I really like how you use the word addictive oh <laughs> yeah just and how long has this addiction been going on then you've been you and your wife started uh, again a little before you but you've been doing it together now for about how long and i think so about 10 years i don't know if we can count 2020 because yeah. <laughs> well and we'll get it. you still did a lot of traveling like we talked about in the u.s even in 2020 right, right, so right, which right. is a lot to see but you're taking, based on those numbers, sometimes a few trips a year. And a lot of people say, gosh, and, and this is one thing I want to touch on, and you said it great before we got on to this podcast, was a lot of people think, oh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Hey, we're never going to be back here. And you take a different approach to that. Right. Just walk us through how regular folks like you do it so often. So and what you uh, take away to say, hey, this isn't going to necessarily be just the last time. It's, it takes time to do the research on the research on the, the expenses. Uh, I think 
the people that think it could be a once in a lifetime experience, they're always thinking of if I go to Paris, I'm gonna have to stay right across the street from the Eiffel Tower and I'm gonna have to be eating in all these super fancy restaurants and things like that, you know? And obviously your budget's gonna go up if you think every trip is gonna be like that. Like every trip has to be a honeymoon trip. And, and that's not how it should be for me, at least. Uh, it would be nice if you can afford a 10,000 trip every other month. Uh, but I don't think the next, not in my neighborhood at least, <laughs> people can be affording that kind of trip. So uh, we, we do the research into the places that we can go that we haven't been to. And we just wait on what is it that we're going to be able to say the most, which usually is airfare. So if we can start basing our trips on, okay, let's say Hawaii. We're going to go to Hawaii in a couple of weeks. And we found a deal about four months ago of a round trip for $381. Well, while I, like let's book it and then we can plan everything else. But if we would have waited at this point, and let's say I choose today to go back to Hawaii, it's gonna be $700 a ticket. Once we do the, the, the research on the places that we, we've been wanting to visit, we can see the good price on the ticket. And then we just purchase the ticket right away, the airfare before we lose, basically before you lose the, the offer and the, and the discount on that. Gotcha. And then after that, uh, we like to do Airbnbs because instead of eating out every night, we just go, like when we went to Barcelona, we stayed there for two weeks, we rented an apartment and we just did grocery shopping. So we cook our breakfast, we cook our dinner. Like it cut the expense by so much because we can spend $200 or $250 for two weeks worth of food for breakfast and dinner instead of spending $70 or $80 per day eating at a restaurant. So if you start thinking, obviously, if you go for a week, you can still apply the same thing. But the way I see it is I rather cook as much as I can and then piece at the mom and pop here and there. Instead of doing it every day, I do it here and there. You know what I mean? So I cut I cut down the budget on the on the things that I can, you know. Uh, we rent the car. I'm not I don't need to rent a BMW. I can get just as fine with a Fiat 500. You know, uh, it's still gonna get me from point A to point B, and then just not just the price of the car itself, but how much gas is the price gonna be consumed? And then you go to places like Iceland or go to Switzerland, then the gas price in Switzerland is about two dollars a liter, so you talk about maybe six to eight dollars a gallon. So if I go and to Switzerland, I rent an SUV, it's gonna cost me 150 to fill up the tank, or I could just get a little car and pay $67, you know. We manage the budget to what we can afford, basically. And then we can see, okay, if we can cut down on the eating, instead of eating all seven nights at a restaurant, let's just eat twice, but we can pay the ticket to this national park at this place. And then we just balance that out. That way I can actually get to see more and still be able to go there. Um, obviously, Airbnbs are... Sometimes, depends on what you get, you can find a, a cheaper place to stay more than a hotel. 
especially for the guys that like to stay in fancy hotels, I'd rather stay in a somebody's normal Airbnb apartment, you know? Right, right. Uh, and then obviously it's little expenses that they all add up. If I can find if I can find a place that has a parking included, it's gonna save me money because some places you go to, you gotta pay twenty dollars a night to play to park your car, and you're there for seven days. That's one hundred forty dollars. I could buy the food for the whole week for the one hundred forty dollars that I'm gonna cook instead of paying for the parking. You know, so little things. Uh, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of learning. We didn't do it like that at the beginning. Because we didn't know better. Once you start seeing, you come back and you do all the math. Oh my God, look at how much money we spent. We could have saved on this. We could have saved on that. We could have said, okay, let's let's do it this way next time. And then the more you do it, the better at it you get. A, a lot of that, a good thing would be to like, if you keep a record of what you're spending on your first trip, then the next time you go, okay, we made a lot of mistakes on this. We shouldn't be, we should have done that. Next time, let's not do it that way. You know, let's do it this way. Right. And that leads into, I think what you're saying is you're intentional because the goal is not necessary. It is to go to different places, obviously, and kind right. of, hey, we want to go here. But it's a lifestyle. It's an intentional lifestyle you've chosen to say, hey, this is the priority in, in our life. We want to be able to immerse ourselves in different cultures. And like you say, the addiction of continually learning about different cultures it's like hey we just learned about those people and how they see the world and how they live let's go try to let's go see what they do over here right the trade-off is okay if we're going to do that more we can't stay in the hotel across the street from the eiffel tower and do the the touristy things but you've developed a lifetime of memories and learning i think that have been much more rewarding, like you said, than, hey, we're probably not going to remember that hotel anyways, or the BMW we rented, but we remember going down to the little, you know, cafe in some right. town or getting to go to the national park and doing those things. So that's, that's just so cool to hear and inspirational for a lot of us. Let's not look at it as this one big trip that we've been saving for maybe break it up into your advice might be break it up into three trips. If you plan right and you budget, right. You give up some things, but you get to go see three different places in the world. Oh, right. Yeah. That's that. And that's kind of what, I, what we learned from it. So we're going to add another twist because not only have you and your wife done it, but now you've, you have another member of the family you've been doing oh, yeah. it with uh, yeah. your little one. How old now? Uh, his name is Enzo. He is now four years old. Okay. He's four now. So you've been continuing to travel. If everyone remembers, they've been doing this for eight to 10 years now. So obviously <laughs> you had him right in the middle of all this and this oh, didn't yeah. stop either. Cause a lot of people say, well, how, how can you travel the world with a young and in tow? So talk about your continued efforts to travel in with a, even a newborn, really you were doing it. <laughs> yeah. He was young, young, huh? So by the time my son hit the three months, we, not like we knew exactly what we were doing as new parents, but we we had a good handle, you know, like, okay, okay, he's doing all right, he's healthy and all that. So we went on a road trip to North Carolina just to see how he would do sitting in a place, you know, just at one place for so long. Uh, Just thinking and planning ahead, okay, if we were to get on a plane, 
we're gonna be stuck in a plane where we, you can just get out like you could on a car. But let's let's give it a first try. And then we did we did good. And then we planned that first trip was to Portugal, but it was to the islands. It's called they're called Azores, which is like between New York and Europe, basically. It was only like a five-hour flight from Boston. So we flew Florida, Tampa to Boston. We stayed there overnight, and then we took that flight from Boston to Azores. And uh, it was a five-and-a-half-hour flight. So we made sure that it was a nighttime. That way he would be sleeping like he normally would be. But that first time that we went international, Obviously, he didn't pay for the tickets because he was under two. So when it came to budget, it wasn't really affecting us. They, he, he didn't have to pay extra for hotel or anything like that. So monetary-wise, nothing had changed. Uh, he wasn't costing anything to get there. It was more of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we... We just decided, let's give it a try. Let's go to a kind of short trip. It was only five hours. And we just did it. So, you know, what, why, why what not? can happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> what's, what's the worst that can happen? And we just went with the stroller and, you know, the extra luggage and all this. I mean, it was so much luggage. Then now I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? You know? <laughs> We're all guilty as as new parents. We've all been there. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I even look at people like I got friends that I stay in contact with on Instagram that they have kids. And I try to tell them, hey, you don't have to buy two packs of diapers and take with you. You can buy them there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they, oh, sell diaper, they sell diapers in Portugal too. They have babies over there, right? They have babies there, you know? So all that extra weight and extra space right. that you're putting in the luggage, just take enough for the trip to get there, maybe a little bit more. But you don't have to take diapers for the whole vacation. You can purchase that over there, use them there, and then just get some for the way back and you will be okay. Like, <laughs> right. Kids are okay. They're going to survive. Trust me. Right. So little things like that, you know, my son is not going to remember, obviously, that first trip when he was only four months old. I got plenty of pictures to remind him that he had been there. Trust me, you went there. I can, like, look at the photo. <laughs> uh, but for us, it was more of, can we take up on this challenge? Can we make it? And is it going to be okay? Can we still enjoy the trip? Uh, we still did some hikes. We did have to adjust the type of traveling and the type of hikes because now we had to stop every so often for my son to eat. It was a different type of travel that we had done before. And I still enjoyed it. It's just we were evolving into traveling as a family. It's different. I'm still going to enjoy it. You know, this is my life now. This is my new type of trip. I already enjoy what it was traveling alone. I already enjoy what it was traveling as a couple and then as newly married. Now let's enjoy what is travel with the family, with a newborn. And obviously now I'm traveling, I'm still traveling with my son and it's so much different than how I was. And I'm still enjoying it because now we have been exposing him to do the hikings and all that. So we still go hiking with him. You know, we don't do the 10 hour hike with my son, he's only four, but we still do the two, three hours we take Let's make it happen. 
And, and I tell you what, from all the places that first year, my son went to 14 different countries. Up to today, he has learned things that we don't get to see here, especially in Florida, you know, like he has learned things about the mountain. He has learned things about uh, lighthouses. Like we went to Maine and he got to learn a lot about lighthouses. And depends on where you are in Florida, you may, may not see that very often, you know. So he has learned a lot of things that the school is not going to teach you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just different things. It's, it's exposure of something totally opposite of what we do it's, it's been a trip with him i mean he's he's been enjoying it and he likes to go on vacation and you can ask him what now he realizes more where he's been or sure great word exposure and i yeah. think that's one of the best things we can do with our kids is giving them exposure right to a ton of different things cultures activities and you adjusted like you said it's still your intent you a big part of your story and your wife's story and now your family's story is this traveling and experiencing and saying no that's not going to stop us we're going to bring our son along with us we're going to adjust but we're going to bring our son along and it's going to be a new and different experience but we're still intentional about figuring out a way to do it and and that's so cool for me to hear because i think I've been guilty of it sometimes like, well, we're going to, I'm going to change my life to adapt to the kids. And you did it. The other way is no, we're not going to, we're going to adjust and tweak, but we're not going to change what we want to do. What's really important to us in our lives. We're going to bring the kid along. And right. that's, that's awesome. But how many countries has he already been to? Yeah, about, I think 17 total for him would be the number of different countries. And he remembers some of them. Obviously, he doesn't remember them all. Uh, but but you can, like, we show him the, the map of Earth, and he's able to kind of pinpoint what is where, because we've been telling him, you've already been there, you've already been here, and that this is where Greece is. That's how that's so. Yeah, that can, just, having that conceptual awareness at that age, yeah. my kids would have never <laughs> had that, so... I'm still teaching them that the world is round. So <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> oh, no, that's great. So very inspirational in terms of your travel. We had a little conversation earlier about not only being on this podcast, hopefully inspiring others to say, Hey, I can do this too. It doesn't have to be just these once in a lifetime trips, if that's something you choose to do. And, but talk to us a little bit about your brethren in the fire department and you said you've been an inspiration to them too in terms of the travel and photography and all that yeah it's it it came as a surprise um obviously i've been on the on the fire department for eight years now uh it's a pretty big fire uh fire department we got about 1000 employees so we all kind of been around each other for a while we all kind of know each other but you see each other grow obviously eight years ago I was not even married but I've seen the same people you know it's a long-term career so some of these guys that have seen me for a while I did a, I was doing a training uh, for a specialized class and whatnot and some of the guys were there and we were talking you know they always they know how much I travel and they were always going like hey man where are you going next and da, 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 da. So one of the guys said to me that he had planned his honeymoon and he was going to go to Fiji and like 
bro, we really, we were going to do something small, but we saw your honeymoon. We didn't want to copycat, but I was like, you know what? Let's spend less money on the wedding, more money in the honeymoon. And I was like, dude, that's the best decision ever. If you can convince your wife about it, it's the hard part. <laughs> and, and, and he did, and he did by showing her the photos. And he's like, listen, this is how many photos you're going to have at the wedding. But if we get drunk, you might not remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> but look at, look at this guy's honeymoon. And let's not copycat what he did, but let's spend a little less on the wedding and let's do a little bit more on the honeymoon, which is like I supported him all day long. So he ended up going to Fiji and then went to like New Zealand and whatnot. And that happened like maybe three years ago. He brought that up to me. So I'm doing the training again and they're thinking about having the baby and they were like, bro, you know, we, we wanted to go to another more trip, another big trip before we have the baby because you know, you never know what life is going to be about and da, 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 da. And but then I saw you. And I keep seeing your photos. <laughs> Are you taking your son with you? Because not every photo that I take, my son has seen it. Right. Uh, and I was like, yeah, what do you think? I'm going to just leave him behind alone? Of course he's coming with like, he's like what? So obviously, he, he really opened his eyes. Just like you say, he really opened his eyes. Like, okay, I mean, we are here together. Like, I'm talking to you. We have the same job. And you took him with you and said, bro, yeah, just the same way that I, that my wife and I went, you can still do it, you know. Actually, if it's under two, it's going to be for free. So he's like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't, it's going to get, it's going to be tighter because you have to put him on your lap. But yeah, so he, he kept traveling and obviously he didn't stop him. You know, he, he realized he could. He did do a small road trips here in the U.S., and just like I did, and he ended up going somewhere international with, with his son. And then there was another guy who also told me, bro, I can't believe it. I've been missing out. It is so different when, when I went overseas. And then he went again the same year because it came to me. He's like, how do you find the tickets? Or where do you find the tickets to go to cheap? Or what do you normally stay at? Like, I find out later. They were like, dude, I saw that you went to Iceland and I had to book the trip after I saw your photos. There was somebody on Instagram, not only at work, but somebody from Instagram that started following me because I saw a photo of uh, St. John, one of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And they told me, I just booked a trip to go there because of your photo. I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. You know? <laughs> so that's a cool feeling, I'm sure. That's got to be awesome. It really is. I'm, I, it almost made me reach out to the tourist board of St. John and tell them, hey, man, I'm bringing you guys over there. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Give me a little something from Africa. Yeah, huh? I'm encouraging people to go and spend their money in your island. Come on, help a brother out. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been, it's been, uh, some people have been vocal to tell me that it's because of me and because of um, seeing my social media and seeing the photos of in the places. Sometimes I find out because they ask me more about it. Sometimes I find out after they did a lot, that guy that he went to Iceland, he told me it was, I saw your photos. Yeah. So, but yeah, people from work have been coming to me just to thank me for opening their eyes and, and like, I know how much you make, bro. I'm here with you in this fire department. <laughs> <laughs> 
Unless you got some other business on the side that I don't know. What does your wife do all the time? It's funny how they ask me that all the time. What does your wife do that you can afford all this? Because she works at a bank like anything else. And then what's funny about it is that my wife's friends ask her, what does your husband do to do all this trip? <laughs> There's got to be some secret behind this. Right. Right? Yeah, there isn't. Some... There isn't. There no, is no and secret. It, and it's great when you open the door and inspire. I And I've said this, people probably get sick of me saying it again, but it's so true. If you just take the time to listen to other people's story and you take the time to share your own, people realize that, hey, it's a firefighter and a, and your wife doesn't own the bank. She works at no, the bank. No, no. So, <laughs> These are these are regular folks getting it done because they've been intentional about what they want to do and figured out a way. It's like, oh, you open a new perspective for folks and allow them to choose that, too, in a lot of our natures to want to travel. So that's just awesome that you're able to share that and inspire that, you know, amongst your friends and, and co-workers. But you also mentioned how you inspired through your photography and I'd be remiss if we didn't really dive into that, how you got into it. And obviously it pairs great with being able to travel and seeing these things. And it kind of probably defines a lot of your trips to go to some of these places and get these photos and everything. How did you get into it? It was, once again, it was my, my wife, the one that actually first one that came and And just to have better photos of the places that she's been. So I remember giving her one of those uh, digital point-and-shoot cameras. And one time I just took the camera from her and I started taking photos and just tried different angles. Instead of just, let me bring it up, take a photo and go. I was like, oh, hey, let me get behind this little wall. Let me get behind these little flowers and things like that. So I started putting just a little twitch on the composition of the photo. And eventually we put them on the laptop and I was like, hmm, that kind of came kind of cool. <laughs> so, uh, and this is like 2013 or something like that. And I was like, man, that was that, you know, those are different, different angles. I really like that. What we used to do back then, we used to go to a place. And then when we came back, we did a get together with my family and we would show the photos of what the place was like, because my mom, uh, didn't have a passport to go anywhere yet then so she wanted to see hey we just went to i don't know spain and okay so this is where and then i'm showing her through the photos it's a family meeting at my house what everything was like so i started taking more photos just to show them what that place was like and then the more photos i took the better the photos i wanted to take so i can show them more about it you know and then basically one thing led to another. I was just the more photos and the better photos, the better understanding of the place they're gonna have. And then once I started getting that feedback from them about a feeling they got from a photo, I was like, wow, I did create that to you. Like, is that what you felt when you saw that image? I was able to give you a feeling through a photo. It wasn't like just Oh, how cool is that place? Oh, oh my God, I can see how windy it was. Or I can see how warm that place must have been, you know, the humidity. Or, or look at that people having so much fun because it was so hot. You can see them. You can see the little kids eating ice cream on the urban street photo or something like that. I was like, 
Uh, that's kind of how I got started. And but one thing just led to another. And once I started taking photos and getting a feedback from the people that I started caring about, like my mom or, or the close friends, uh, it just kind of gave me an inspiration to just keep on going, you know. So do you ever get sick of taking photos? Does it become monotonous when you're traveling? How do you feel about it? I no. I if I if I don't feel inspired, I just don't take photos. Uh and I enjoy the moment. I don't I don't have my camera on me at all times because I feel like I'm also gonna be missing out on hmm. on enjoying and taking the place, you know, like if I if I have an amazing view of a lake and mountains. I'm not just gonna go there to take photos. I will take a photo, but I also will put it out and just chill and, and enjoy the place. So uh, because it's not what I'm doing for a living, I don't feel the, the stress that I have to take the perfect photo. Uh, so I haven't failed without the inspiration to take photos. I, I like it, I enjoy it, and, and I like transmitting that place by when i think when people go to your instagram they'll see that passion that you put in to each and every photo and that's how i found you because i started doing the same thing as following <laughs> you and it's like who is this guy and come to find out you're a firefighter just up the road in tampa which was even cooler now people understand how you make it work and how you travel and have this hobby of photography as well two things that i think i'm i don't know the secret to a long life but it seems like you're never going to run out on, on those two things of things to do on the list the list is never going to be complete you can't see everything in the world you can't take every picture in the world so it's a great way to feel involved engaged and passionate about life in general and what your story is and as it unfolds and as your family grows and your boy gets older so i'll ask you ricardo what when it's all said and done and your son is sitting at the end and giving you a toast what do you want them to what do you want him to say about your story and what it meant to him and how you lived your life and your life story i hope that I brought happiness. I hope that he can say that I show him the way to be happy. Um, I think that's the ultimate goal. You know, people have different approach to it, but I hope that for my son at least, that he learned that it's not about how much money you have. Uh, it's not about how many TVs you have in your house or it's about life and what you learn and how much you saw. Uh, at the end of the day, I think when we leave, we don't take anything with us, anything material with us, you know, all that stays behind. Uh, I don't know what happened to us when, when we go to, when we die, but at least the memories that we can create I hope they do bring happiness and learn from different people how to be happy. Because of my work, my work and the places that I've been, when it comes to dying, is it's an acceptance that I've already seen it, obviously, doing what I do for a living. 
I do know our time is limited. It's the only thing that in life is limited. Knowing that, you know, uh, I read a quote yesterday. It said, if you have $100,000 in your bank and all of a sudden you lose $10, will you throw away your $99,990 just because of $10? No, you won't. You will keep the remaining. Think about that in your day. Will you throw away your day because you have five bad minutes after 24 hours? No, so don't let the five minutes ruin your, your day. Don't let the one day ruin your week and so on and so forth for the rest of the remaining time. So if, if I can teach something to my son to say uh, at the end of my days, is that I hope that he learned how to be happy regardless of having one little bad moment. You know what I mean? And it's great because you do have a unique perspective. The reality is you see, you face it more than the rest of us as part of your job um, and seeing that finality. Man, I, I really, first of all, on behalf of you and the men and women out in fire and police departments and, and especially in the climate we all live in and the bullshit, frankly, that, that we deal with. You guys deal with it on the front lines and, and continue to go out there day in, day out and serve all our communities. So thank you for that, number one. And thank you for, for just being a, an inspiration and light to the rest of us about, hey, we can do this too. We can lead a pretty great, fulfilling life. So Thanks. And I will leave um, everybody with you letting us know because you are starting a uh, new website with some of your photos. I'll have the, your Instagram link and stuff um, when we launch the, the episode. But where should they go if they want to start purchasing? Because I bet you some people are going to see these things and say, hey, this is this is great wall art. Right. So if you if you do go to my Instagram, which is my first and last name, I just replaced the O's with a zero. So it'll be a Ricardo underscore Ramos is just both always are going to be with the zero. Uh, I have my, the link on my profile. It, the first time that I, somebody bought one, I was like, okay, somebody actually saw value on this. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just something to look at. They were actually put the value to look at it every day at their house. And, and that was even more inspiration to me, you know? So. Awesome. Well, We'll make sure we send folks that way. And again, Ricardo, thanks for taking time out of your day to spend with us and really appreciate it. Good luck on raising the family and your next travels. Brian, oh, thank you for inviting me as a guest. I'm super humbled to be here. Wow. I love having fun conversations like that with great neighbors we have right down the street. Thanks to Ricardo. Go to, on Instagram, Ricardo underscore Ramos, change out the O's for zeros and take a look at his photos because once you see those, you're going to want to travel. I promise you. And on another note, to Ricardo and the rest of the men and women on fire forces and police forces and in the military, thank you for your service and taking care of the rest of us in this great neighborhood we call the USA. Thanks for tuning in, tribe. Until next time, have a great week.